You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Anyway, so I'm going to be preaching a a message tonight. And, you know, with my kids, every year on my kids' birthdays, it's kind of like the same conversation. I'm like, it's always the same. I'm like, stop growing up. Stop growing up. Don't get bigger. And and this last year at August when Hanley was turning six, I'm like, no, stay five forever. And then she thinks I'm being serious, like she could actually stay five forever. She's like, mom, I can't. I'm going to be six. And and next year I'm going to be seven. And she's so exasperated because she thinks I'm like really trying to convince her to stay five forever. But you know, and what I've always taught my kids, and they all have the same response. I say, so no matter how old you get, and they say, I'll always be your baby. And so, um, you know, as parents, I think we know our children have to grow up. We know they have to grow up. And at times, I think parents can have a little bit of anxiety about their children getting older. And I think one reason is because we fear the dynamic of the relationship changing. There's something so precious about the relationship between a parent and a young child. You know, in my house, there's endless cuddles and kisses with my baby girl. And just, you know, a little about a month ago, we're obsessed with cuddling. And and so one day she crawled into my bed in the morning. She goes, Mom, how about I don't go to school today and we cuddle all day? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so tempting, but no. You know, like there's, I I just love it. The endless cuddles and kisses and, you know, the time when they'll hold your hand in public and it's so sweet. And uh, when they, when you actually tell them something and they believe you without arguing, that's, that's a great season. Um, You know, and so we don't, we don't want those things to change. There's a part of us that wants it to stay the same, you know, because there's something so special about those younger years. And just last Sunday, I actually started thinking about this message, and it really got me thinking that no matter how old we get, we'll always be someone's baby. No matter how old we get, we're always someone's child. You know, you're going to be 55, 60, 65. You could be a CEO, a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, a student. We can have so many different positions and titles in this life, but a title that you'll never lose is actually a child, being someone's child. You know, and I want so I want to talk to you tonight about what that means to be a child, and not necessarily from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly perspective. While you'll always be someone's child here on earth, you will always be God's child. And so tonight, I want to talk about that position—the child being a child of God—and there's dynamics within that relationship, being a, a child of God, that I don't think God wants us to ever grow out of. So the title of my message tonight, and I think it's already up there, it's called Never Grow Up. Never Grow Up. And I'm not talking about maturing as people, so don't take that the wrong way, young person. We do need you to mature and all of that. Some of us adults could, could use some maturing, but anyways. So, you know, so I'm not talking about maturing as people. I'm talking about never growing out of some of the characteristics that are usually only attributed to childlike behavior when it comes to being a son or daughter of our Heavenly Father. And I'll share what those few things are with you tonight. The first one I want to talk about is never grow up from fully trusting. Never grow up from fully trusting. 
The trust between a young child and their parent is such a beautiful example of what I think the heaven, Heavenly Father wants to see in our trust with Him. You know, last Sunday we were out with um, the Gagrins and their beautiful seven-month-old little boy. We were having lunch, and John was just kind of holding him like he was standing on the table when it's still cute for children to stand on tables because he was seven months. So John's just kind of, he's standing and he's bouncing, and he kept like, you know, catapulting himself off the table and, you know, John's catching him. And, and I literally just felt the Holy Spirit say, that's what I want my relationship to be like with my kids. There wasn't a fear in him that John wasn't gonna catch him. He was able to take risks and do, do these things because he knew, he didn't doubt that John wasn't going to look after him. You know, and so I thought about this for a little while. And, and even my daughter, you know, when she was about 18 months old, we lived our last house, we had a, a hot tub that was kind of above the ground, you know? So we'd all be in the hot tub and she like despised the floaties. She would always somehow figure out how to rip them off. And she was so conniving. So she um, would circle, she's just tiny, tiny. She would start, like be walking on the edge of the hot tub, like in a circle. And cause they were just kind of like following her and she hated it. She'd always like push our hands away and her little eyes, she'd do this and she'd shift her little eyes to see when we wouldn't look. And she would literally throw herself into the center of the hot tub. She would, she would just do it all the time. And then she would, she'd literally throw herself into the middle and she'd go down to the bottom. And, and honestly, I'm thinking to myself, like what in the heck is she doing? But she, she didn't have a fear that we weren't gonna rescue her. Like she knew we were gonna come to her rescue. I did let her stay at the bottom for a little bit and choke a little bit because I, I, I needed her to understand that there was some fear when came to water. So I'd always let her stay down for like maybe five seconds. Cause I'm like, sweetheart, you gotta learn a lesson. Like I can't have you throwing yourself into the pool all the time. But she knew we were gonna rescue her. She knew it, she didn't have a doubt. You know, in a healthy home, children trust their parents that they're gonna feed them, clothe them, take care of them, protect them, guard them, watch over them. They don't even worry about food. It's just gonna be there. They don't worry about food, clothing, what they're gonna wear, anything. They don't have a worry in the world because that's what a loving parent does. They look after the needs of their child. You know, have you, have you seen the trust level where fathers are throwing their children 20 feet into the air? Yeah, stop it. Like, stop it. And then these children are just squealing so giddy, like, again, again, again. And, and you're just like, oh, dear God. Like, they're never thinking I could splat on the ground. They're not thinking it. They know their daddy is going to catch them. They know it. It never crosses their mind that they could be dropped. It crosses the mother's mind because we have more wisdom. So all of us moms would appreciate if you would stop chucking our children in the air at near death heights, okay? But they trust, they fully trust, 100% trust. Children trust their parents. Children trust their mothers and their fathers. So I wanna ask you a question tonight. When did you stop trusting? When did you stop believing that your heavenly father would catch you when you were falling? When did you lose your confidence? When did you start fearing, worrying about provision, what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna wear? Because God's kids shouldn't be worrying about those things. 
Matthew 6, 25 through 30 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. If not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. We don't have to fear anything if God is our heavenly father. Because the Bible says, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? We can trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or submit to him and he will make your path straight. You know, but as we grow from children and into adulthood, the world teaches us that we can't actually trust another human fully. And we can't even trust our parents fully to not hurt us. So we learn to fear. We learn to be cautious. We learn to be untrusting. But honestly, fully trusting in man is actually childish thinking. But fully trusting in God is the path to faith and wisdom and fulfillment and hope. Jeremiah 17, five through eight says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for a future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their hope made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about the long months of a drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So I love this scripture because it tells us when you put your trust in the Lord, we can have confidence even when the circumstances around us are uncertain. The Bible says that even in heat or long months of drought, we can still flourish. We don't have to be worried when the circumstances are unfavorable. So I need you to understand tonight that God has not cursed you or forsaken you or failed you. We are cursed and disappointed and disillusioned because maybe just maybe we've put our trust in a man, a mere human, where there is no certainty or assurance. We need to never grow up from trusting our heavenly father. He will never leave us or forsake us or fail us. Amen. We need to put, never grow up from trusting in our Heavenly Father. The second thing I want to introduce is, you know, as children, we believe that our parents can make everything better. You know, I know, I mean, how many of you know a mom's magic kisses when you get hurt? I wonder how many millions of tears have ceased with the magic kiss from mom. Come here, let me make it all better. I'll kiss it and make it all better. You know, but as we grow up, we realize that there's no such thing as magical kisses and our parents actually can't take the pain away and they can't actually make everything all better as an earthly parent. But as a heavenly parent, I don't want you to lose faith or ever outgrow the fact that God can make everything better. We need to never grow up from believing that God can make everything better. Romans eight twenty eight says, 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes for them. And we quote that scripture all the time. We quote it all the time. It's like it rolls off our tongue so easy. But do we actually, is it something that just rolls off our tongue or is it actually something that we believe, like a belief system we hold in our heart that we truly believe that God can and will work all things together for those who love him, you and I. And I just want to clarify that it doesn't mean that everything that happens to you is good, but he can make the bad things that happen to you turn in and turn out for good when they happen to us. Psalm 30, 11 says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. So even in the midst of deep grief and mourning, God can restore joy to your soul. Isaiah 61, three tells us that he gives us beauty for ashes. He can give us beauty for the things that have died out in our lives. He can turn everything around, bring good out of the bad. So I wanna tell you today that if it's not good, that means God's not finished yet. He can make everything better in our lives if you let him. You know, my little six-year-old cutie here on the front row has a broken arm. And that happened about seven weeks ago. My son Hudson also broke his arm. They kind of had a similar injury. And, you know, when my kids broke their arm, they knew who to run to when they were in pain. They knew to run to mom and dad. We couldn't take the pain away, but we knew how to make it better. You know, can you imagine if my Hudson and my little Henley, when they broke their arms, they ran away from us and not towards us. That would be horrifying. As a parent, when your kid is in excruciating pain and they run away from you, when you are the very one that can help heal them, it would be torment for a parent to know, their worst nightmare to know that your child is in pain and they are not running to you. And I can only imagine that is how our heavenly father he feels when he sees his kids hurting here on earth and they run to temporary things that will relieve the pain instead of running to the very one that can heal every hurt, that can bind up their wounds, that can heal the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. That's what the Bible tells us in Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 34.18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. We have to stop running to, to things that bring us temporary relief. We have to stop isolating ourselves when we are in pain and run to the one who can heal every hurt and get, can restore our brokenness. Our heavenly father is the only one who can make everything better. And I want to tell you tonight that no matter what has happened or what you're going through, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. The Bible says that God can restore the years the locusts have stolen. That God can heal every sickness and disease and infirmity. That he can set the captives free, those who are in bondage. He can bring peace to the anxious soul, joy to the downcast spirit. And I thank God that he can recover everything that has been lost. You know, as a child, I've walked through my family being torn apart by divorce. I walked through my 19-year-old sister shooting and killing herself. 
I've walked through losing babies. I've walked through losing 13 properties, $300,000 in our bank account, in our own home when the market crashed. I've walked through a devastating, a devastating cancer that my mother had to go through and to watch her have to go through that. But I am telling you, every hardship, every trial and every tribulation, God never forsook me. He was always there with me. He brought me through every trial. He helped me recover all. God has helped me and my family recover all. And I stand before you prospering. I stand before you victorious. And I stand before you living out my dream and full of joy despite what has happened. Because God can make everything better if you let him. So I want all of us to never grow up from believing that God and only God can make everything better in our lives. Amen? Amen. My third point, never grow up from believing in the fairy tale ending. Never grow up believing in the fairy tale ending. God can and wants to do the miraculous in your life, the impossible in your life. You know, we're children. We believe that Santa can give presents to every single house in the whole world in one night. When we're children, we believe that mice can actually make Cinderella's dress. We believe that pumpkins can turn into carriages, that frogs can turn into princes. Well, sometimes that does happen in the house of God. But anyways, that, that Superman can fly. When we're children, we believe and we actually believe that this is all real, that it can happen and it can happen for us. But then we grow in our childlike faith and our, our fairy tale faith fades away. And we become filled with skepticism and uncertainty and delusion by the unfulfilled promises and dreams. But let's not forget that while the magic of fairy tales may fade, our faith in our heavenly father must not. We serve a limitless, almighty, all-powerful God where nothing is too hard. God can do the impossible and the miraculous in our lives. The Bible says in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So I wanna ask you, is our unbelief or our lack of faith limiting the power of God in our lives? Matthew 13, 58 says, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So God, the God of the miraculous, couldn't do mighty works for people in his town because of their unbelief. So I don't want us limiting what God can actually do in our lives, put a ceiling on the miracles that he wants to do in our lives, the fairy tale ending, the happily ever after, because we're limited by unbelief. We need to believe in the God of the impossible. He's a good father and he wants to bless his kids. He wants to bless you. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So if you truly believed you would receive what you asked for in prayer, what would you be asking for? If you truly believed you would receive what you asked for in prayer, what would you be asking for? I think tonight, some of us need to get a bigger ask. Let's get a bigger ask. And I wanna remind you, let's not forget our position as sons and daughters of God. My goodness, when my kids want something, they never stop asking. 
My children never leave me alone when they want to like, mom, please, mom, 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 please, 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 mom, mom, mom. They, they have, there's no shame in their game. Like, they will continue to ask it. And you know why they ask me? Because they know I have the authority to say yes and make it happen. One yes from mom and it's a done deal. So my kids keep asking because they know I can bring their request to pass. So let's not forget our position as children of God. So why aren't we asking? Why aren't we asking for the impossible, for the miraculous, for the supernatural, if we know that God in heaven has the authority and the power to grant our requests? Why are we not asking? But let's not be so childish to think that God responds to our whining and complaining, okay? So what I tell my children all the time, whining gets you nothing. When their ass turns to a whine, I literally say, now I can't because you whined. I will not bow my knee to whining. It's like, and can you imagine if all of the billions of children are like whining to God for their ask? I'd be be like, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Because it drives you freaking crazy. So let's not pick up the childish behavior of thinking whining and complaining gets us what we want from our Heavenly Father. God gave us the key to unlock heaven, and the key is our ask. Our key is prayer. Our key is petition. Our key is faith and belief. That's what gets us what we need. So, you know, maybe you've been asking. Maybe you've been believing and praying, and you haven't yet received your prayers. You know what? Sometimes maybe it's a timing thing. Sometimes it's just a timing thing. God's working things out. You just can't see what he's doing yet. Sometimes we just have to continue the good fight of faith. Sometimes our ask actually involves another person who has a free will and God actually doesn't interfere with someone else's free will to choose otherwise. And that's when we have to trust him, don't we? And sometimes we just need to continue to warfare in prayer. But sometimes, you know, as a parent, there are some things that no matter how much my kids ask, how much they beg and plead and even pray for it, if it's not good for them, I'm not going to give it to them. There are some requests I cannot grant as a good parent because I know it is not good for them. And the Bible says that only good and perfect gifts come from above. So if, it's, if your request, if he knows it's not going to be good for you, he cannot actually give it to you because only good and perfect things come from above. And God is not going to move heaven and earth to give you something that's not good for you. And that's where we have to trust him. That's where we have to go back to never stop trusting, fully trusting God that he is good, that he is for you, that he has your best interests in mind. We have to trust that even though he may not be able to answer this prayer that we want because he knows it's not good for us, we have to trust that he still has a plan for our life that is to to do good to us, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope. Your heavenly father loves you too much to assist you in settling for second best. So if you want to settle... That is something you're going to have to solely do on your own. But you know, so many people would rather settle for second best because it's in front of them and ordinary instead of continuing the fight, the good fight of faith and praying and waiting for the unseen, which is going to be miraculous and extraordinary. 
So I truly believe that fairy tale endings should not just be for the movies and for children. It should be the testament of every believer because our heavenly father is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he can do the miraculous, the supernatural, the impossible in your life. Amen. So let's never grow up from believing in the fairy tale ending. And the, the worship team can join me now. Look how fast they are. Good job, guys. My last point, point number four, never outgrow needing to hear that you are loved. I'm constantly telling my kids I love them. <laughs> last Tuesday, it was... Um, we were at home and I think I had told them three times before we left the house. And then uh, they got out of the car at Auntie's who then takes them on the next leg to their drop off to school. So the boys are getting out of the car and they walk around the car and I roll down there and I was like, boys, I love you so much. Love you so much, guys. And they both turn around like, mom, we know. <laughs> and then they like just, you know, skirt off into the house. I'm constantly telling my kids that I love them. Every time I get a chance, I sit down to him and I just stroke there. I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. You're so smart. You're so beautiful. You're so handsome. Love you so much. You're incredible. I'm and you know what? They know it. They know it. But just because they know it doesn't mean that I need to stop telling them. I want to ask you, when's the last time you were in the presence of God and you weren't asking for something, but you just allowed him to tell you as your heavenly father, like how much he loves you. When was the last time, and I had to ask myself this question, that I actually sat in the presence of God, just quiet, listening to his voice, because he actually wants to tell you that he's so proud of you and that he loves you, that you're stronger than you think you are, that you're incredible. Oh, I can't wait to show you the plans I have for you. You're amazing. There's no one like you. I love you so much despite your mistakes. Like when's the last time we actually like heard that loving voice, you know? And I think no matter how many times we sit and listen to the voice of God telling him, listening to how much he loves us, we'll never fully understand or grasp his love for us. We'll never be able to actually comprehend it on this side of eternity. You know, the Bible says that he chose us to be his sons and daughters before the world was even formed. Like that blows your mind. The Bible tells us that he demonstrated his own love for us. Then while we were yet sinners, while we rejected him, while we were screwing up, he died for us because he loved us so much. That's what the Bible says. So I wanna tell you tonight that before you did anything for him, you meant everything to him, everything to him. So much so that he gave his life for you. And the Bible says that there's nothing that we can do that would separate us from his love. So I want everyone just for a moment to just close their eyes. And while this seems a little negative, honestly, I want you to, everyone just take a moment and think about the worst thing you've ever done. Think about it. about the thing in your past that grieves you the most.
And now think about the fact that God saw that. And you know what he did? His response wasn't to turn his back on you. I literally picture the face of Jesus and he has the most beautiful smile with his arms open wide. And he said, I'm gonna go to the cross for that because that's how much I love you. I saw that. I knew that was gonna happen. And I loved you in spite of it all. And I'm gonna go to the cross for that for you. I love you so much. You can open your eyes. And it's, it's hard for us to grasp because it's not a performance-based love. A lot of us get into this performance-based love. Like if I do this, then they'll love me. If I do this, they'll accept me. A lot of us grew up in homes like that where we felt like we needed to earn our parents' approval or earn, earn adults' approval. His love, we never lost it. So we never have to earn it back. We've never lost his love. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 31:3, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, everlasting love. So don't ever let the devil tell you that you're not worthy of his love or that you've lost his love. It is everlasting, it is unchanging, it is unwavering and unshakable. Whether you've been good or bad, he loves you the same. He loves you the same on your worst day and on your best day. Isn't that amazing? You're so loved. You're so loved. And I think a lot of us get so busy. A lot of time can go by before we ever allow ourselves just to position ourselves as children of God, as a child of God. We get caught up in our motherly duties, our fatherly duties, our work schedules. We get so caught up in life, we forget that we are first and foremost a child of God. And so tonight I'm gonna to ask the worship team to come. And after that, we're just gonna, we're gonna close the service in a few moments after the worship team sings. I wanna give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus after this song. So if you can, please don't leave. We, we're still pretty early in the evening. So, I want the worship team to just kind of sing this song over us. And for some of you, you already know this, and it's gonna be more of like a reconfirming that declaration in your heart, how you know God feels about you. But for some of us, it's gonna actually be a new revelation of the relentless love of our Heavenly Father. And so, you know, you feel free to sing along. Um, but this moment, I really want every, every one of you, even if you think this is silly, God can even move when you think it's going to be a silly moment. You'd be surprised. So as the team just leads us in this next song, just picture your Heavenly Father and His love for you and let Him, let him tell you. Just listen. Don't be praying. Listen to what He wants to tell you tonight as His child. He wants to tell you how much He loves you.
heart, I won't second guess. And I'm here to tell you tonight that your heavenly Father wants your heart. So if you're in here tonight and you know you need to surrender your heart to Jesus, you need a fresh start. Everybody close their eyes so no one's looking around and I have people respond by lifting their hands. But tonight, what I want to do is the team's just going to kind of go back into that chorus. And if you know, you know you know when you really need to surrender your life to God. And maybe at one point you gave your life to God, but you've taken it back and you want to recommit your life to Jesus today on this beautiful Mother's Day. Just as the team is just singing, if you would just kind of come to the front and just come down here and you can face the stage. You don't have to face the crowd. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a very simple prayer together, but it's going to be very powerful. And that simple prayer, you become a child of God. So let's not second guess. As they sing this, if you know that's you, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Just come meet me down on the front. Let's do that.
have one brave gentleman down here and some beautiful young ladies. Oh, my mama heart just skipped a beat because there's a few men in here and your mama was a praying mama. And I don't know if what the reason is, why you're resisting. This is the answer to all your mama's prayers. You respond to Jesus tonight. Be the fulfillment of all your mama's prayers. Don't let pride stop you. Don't let past mistakes. Come on. Come on. Respond to Jesus tonight. Don't second guess. The team's just going to sing, and we're just going to wait for a few more moments. I know God's stirring on hearts. So, so many of you have made this decision before, and if you've made this decision, be praying for the ones that are on the line right now. People are literally in the balance of heaven and hell right now. There are people in here that if you die today, you would have no idea where you would end up. You have no idea if you would meet your heavenly Father or if you'd be eternally separated from Him in darkness. You need that assurance tonight, friends. So male or female, you are a child of God today. Don't let another day go by where you are not a child of God. So sing, go ahead and sing. And if you need to respond, just come forward. We're going to wait for you. is God. Thank you, Jesus, for our new friends. Let's give them a huge round of applause. It's not easy. It's not a very, it's a very short distance, but it can be very difficult to make the way down. And I'm telling you tonight, you won. You won. You're going to all make all your mamas and your grandmamas and everyone else who's been praying for you so very happy today. So very happy a child of God where nothing is impossible. He's going to do miraculous things in and through your life. Today you're going to remember this day, Mother's Day 2019. You surrendered your life to your heavenly parent. He loved you so much. We're going to pray a simple prayer. And you know what? We're all going to pray it together, but you're not alone because you have a whole new family here, the family of God. And we're all going to pray with you together. But can you just repeat these words after me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for saving me, for loving me, for forgiving me. Thank you for washing me clean, giving me a fresh start. Today I declare that you are my father and that I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.